Good morning. You're listening to 4Daily.net, and I'm Kemp Parr. This morning, my guest is Robert Blockinger, the chairman of the Floor Covering Leadership Council. Robert, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. So you're also president of the National Institute of Certified Floor Covering Inspectors. For many years, you operated an installation workroom, I guess from 86 until 2013, and I wanted to talk to you about this research. We just ran a story about the second phase of this research. The Floor, the floor Covering Leadership Council hired the Blackstone Group, a research firm out of Chicago, to quantify the scope and severity of the lack of installation labor and how it's affecting the growth of the floor covering industry. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. And how many years have you been chairman of the Floor Covering Leadership Council? About two years. And you're down in Boca Raton. Tell us a little bit about the key findings of this research. Well, there's quite a few key findings. That's why we have a press release in five different parts Mm -hmm. uh, coming out every couple of weeks until the final is released just prior to TISE in Las Vegas in January. The reason for the uh, different press releases is because the survey is in a five-part series. I see. So we have a press release concerning each portion of the uh, survey. And we decided to do it every two weeks, so there's some interest kept, and we don't confuse with everything all at once. There's time to absorb what we have uh, discovered. And uh, if you're spacing it out, tell me what you can as far as uh, what you've discovered. Excuse me. There's a couple of things. Number one, there's a dramatic shortage of trained, educated, and flooring installation people out there, excuse me, to, of course, install. The problem being that it's in the entire construction industry, whether you're a wall guy, electrician, plumber, what have you. So there's a, a regular construction shortage, which is part of it. We came up with a number of approximate 180,000 installers, new installers, new blood is required over the next 10 years to keep up with the demand. You need 180,000 to keep up with demand, is what you're saying? Over the next 10 years. All right. As you a minute ago, you talked about the fact that the, all construction trades are lacking in available labor. Uh, is there an issue in compensation? I mean, if you look at what a plumber makes or what an electrician makes versus what a floor covering installer makes, is there a gap there? There's a gap. Uh, the flooring guys, again, it depends if you're a, a, an hourly employee mm-hmm. or if you're, quote, a subcontractor to a dealer or retailer. Yeah. Now, as far as electricians, plumbers, and carpenters and such, there is a average pay scale throughout the country depending on the region you're in an employee type flooring installer is within that scope within that level i base it on the uh the ubc the the united brotherhood of carpenters they have uh flooring as one of their divisions Mm -hmm. and the hourly wages are compensatory to the to the knowledge that that person has and they're somewhat i i can't say equal but their level in the playing field to the other trades. All right, so there's not a problem there then? They're being paid? No. Okay, all right. Well, that's no. interesting. Okay, so you mentioned a minute ago, it depends on whether they're employee or subcontractor. Tell me about that if you would. Well, first of all, in my workroom, I had both. I had subs and I had employees. Right. And with the employee type, you have basically total control on where, when, and how he does what he does. With yeah. a subcontractor, because of the tax considerations with the IRS and the uh, laws concerning that, you can't tell them exactly how, when, and where to go, because then you 
then he becomes an employee. So the control on an employee is much more consistent with your end result, which is a good job, and everybody gets paid at the end of the day. Also, you have the opportunity to have them trained. You can organize training for them with a subcontractor. You basically have to ask him if he wants to take time off because he doesn't get paid during training. And that, that's part of the problem, that subs can't afford the time off, whereas employees will get paid for the time off to get educated. Okay. So I think you, you actually give statistics in this report somewhere. It's 90% of the people you polled use subcontractors and about 75% use employees. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. And the practice is, uh, I mean, across the board, it's usually since the volume changes... A retailer will hire employees and then fill in when the demand picks up, right? That's usually how it works. Whether you're commercial or residential, when you're busy, you go out in the street and you hire people who you believe are qualified as subcontractors to fill up. Or if you have a very large job, you'll use a subcontractor with his own crew so that you do not lose your regular business because that's your mainstay. It could be a filling, so to speak. I think the $64 question here is, how are we going to fix this problem? We're going to fix it with a massive PR campaign on how you can make money, but a, a good living as a flooring installer. Yeah. It is not a uh, disreputable trade. Yeah. You have progression within the trade where once you've got 20 years, you can do other things within the trade and make good money. Mm-hmm. Also, it's a trade that's open to females as well as males because... I, when I had my work room, I actually had three women working for me for quite some time doing various things in installation. So it's got to open up. There has to be major communi- uh, communication between all facets of the flooring industry. So you're going to uh, do a PR campaign, get the word out to these, uh, I guess, millennial now, because those are the ones that are coming into the workforce right now, and suggest to them that this would be uh, a worthy career that you know you can get into and you don't require a college education, you're not going to finish out with a bunch of debt, and you make a great living. Is that what you're going to tell them? That's basically what we're going to tell them, because the expression is you can earn while you learn. Yeah. If you're out there doing a, doing a job as an apprentice, you're making money at the same time you're going to formal classes of some sort, mm-hmm. and um, then we have the job play. It's like a triangle. <clears throat> we have the, the, the person, the, the student, the training, and the placement without... Any one of those three components, nothing is going to work. So once you train a guy or a girl, you've got to have the ability to put them someplace to earn a living. So the placement is very important, which is where the cooperation of the various uh, dealers and workrooms in the country comes into effect. Okay, and how are we going to fund this PR campaign? We're still discussing that. Yeah. It's just kind of a slow action because it's a massive undertaking. Yeah. For a group of uh, such as the FCLC, which is all nonprofit organizations within the industry, mm-hmm. like anything else, uh, to find the money is very difficult. However, we will end up with a positive campaign in the future. All right, let me ask you this: how, how much business are these major suppliers? I mean, we're in a consolidated marketplace, so you know you've got three major brands that are selling probably fifty percent of the flooring. How, how much business are they losing by the channel not having trained installers? I couldn't tell you the amount of business that's lost, but there is a bottom line that we discovered. The bad installations constitute 4% of the, the net profit. 
All right, Robert, well, thanks for the update on this research, and we'll keep an eye on uh, the final presentation you're given in January. Again, been talking to Robert Blockinger, the chairman of the Floor Curving Leadership Council, and you've been listening to Kemp Har and FloorDaily.net.